everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us for the second hour of the show. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Molly Herman today. Good morning. Good morning. It's still morning. Yes. It is still morning. morning. We are still in the frame of morning. Hopefully you guys are just excited to have a three-day weekend stretching ahead of you and you're just deciding what to cook, what to drink, and you're hanging and we are trying to give you guys some Memorial Day inspiration, basically. Um, we did have a question about what to eat on the boat. Which is a good question. You yeah. Know, you can't have like soggy stuff. Well, and you can't have things that are too, uh, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't hold things. Fuzzy. Yeah. They can't have a lot of components because you can't, you know, things get wet and they swoosh around. And so I think, I don't know. I feel like we were saying a pasta salad is a great idea. Pasta salad or, you know, like deli salads, like a chicken salad or yep. things like that. I, I would st- steer away from bread on a boat situation because I just feel like soggy, wet hands and sogginess yeah. and yeah. splashing. And, right. So I would even if lettuce you wanted, wraps would be good. Yeah. Lettuce wraps might be nice. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, also this idea of people get a little weirded out about mayonnaise. You know, if you're doing a chicken mm. salad and they're like, we well, can't have mayonnaise in the sun. People, it's that's really not. I mean, it's not as much of an no issue. No food as you think can it is. you let sit out in the sun right. and bake in its beautiful glory. But you can. It's okay to have take a mayonnaise based salad out into the world and well, have it sitting there. And there are these things called coolers. Yes, there are coolers, and yeah. you should bring them. Yes, <laughs> especially if you're going out on a boat. Put your mayonnaise I'm salad you on top. Have some beverages or something in the cooler of your rosé. Is yes. what I was going to say. Right on top of the rosé. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Just nestle it in there. Right. Um, with your cans of rosé. Okay, it's the time where we talk about the top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right, this is the time I show you guys when we talk about two things that we are just sort of loving this week. A little bit obsessed about things. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay, I'm going to go first and say... That if you missed, uh, the first thing I'm going to say actually is uh, there's a cheese that I've become weirdly obsessed with. <laughs> I know this is not even news to anybody, but okay, you know, I'm like I ra- if I could raise one eyebrow, I know be raised right it now, would but be, I can't. but you can't. Okay, we know that Rochdale Farms makes butter. They make those hand rolled logs of butter that you see at co-ops and things like that. Rochdale Farms, R O C H D A L E has also started making, or at least has appeared in my co-op, uh, whole milk mozzarella. Mm. And I'm not talking like fresh mozzarella. I'm talking a slab of mozzarella that like a cheese that you would grate so, yourself. And most mozzarella in the, in the grocery stores or at the deli counters are part skim. And the difference is shocking, people. Mm. What I'm saying is I've been eating cheese sticks and part skim mozzarella for yeah. so long that I have forgotten what whole milk mozzarella tastes like so is it more tender or it is saltier Ooh. and it, it is a firm it is it feels exactly like as if you were to buy a block of mozzarella from sure. crystal farms or whatever yeah but the fact that it's a whole milk is and the fact that it's a local i don't know what they're feeding those cows but it's just sort of this beautiful and it's not like it's not like this like lyrically grassy it's mozzarella <laughs> but it is salty and rich and it's 
great. And so do, well, I guess when I asked if it's tender, does it melt on your tongue a little bit more? Because, you know, part skim mozzarella can be a little rubbery. Rubbery, right. I would say that it is a little tender, okay. more tender. And I have been putting it, I've been just on eating everything. it. I have been like taking it like a stick and eating it. And I have... I, I, I've been putting it, I've been melting it. Last night I came home and I made eggs and I just put the eggs on top of two slices of it mm-hmm. and it just sort of melted into it. It was beautiful. Yum. Yeah. So Rochdale, and you have to look, my package I had to look because I did pick two up and one of them was a part skim, but look for their whole, whole milk, milk mozzarella. mozzarella. And they only sell the co-ops, I think. So if you're really looking for I'm headed to the co-op today. I think so you should find it. I, I would tell you if you were making those Italian kebabs with your mozzarella, your cheese, your olive, your pickle, your pepperoni. Get that mozzarella. Okay. Okay, that's my first one. What's yours? Good tip, good tip. Uh, my first one it was something I was just introduced to this week when I was looking for pepper jelly for my watermelon bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poor Boy Candies okay. makes beautiful caramels that you can find sort of all over the Twin Cities. And they're making jams and jellies now, too. And she makes this line of pepper jellies. Like there's raspberry, pepper jelly, blueberry. But there's a pineapple serrano pepper jelly. Ooh. That... I really dig. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's really good. It's tasty. And I bought it specifically to sort of go on the watermelon. But when I made spring rolls the other night, I wound up putting it in a little sauce situation for oh. dipping. And it was perfect. It had the right amount of heat, the right amount of sweet, you know, added with some tamari and tahini and like, you know, a dipping sauce. Nice. So it's a good one to cook with. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited to find it. It's not like overly sweet. And it's, it's, is it, is it hot? So it is, I mean, like, it has the serrano in it. So but is but it's it, a, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a spice. It's not hot. Yes, okay. correct. And it's, I would say it's mild to medium. Some people will think it's medium, but it's very, I think it's pretty mild. So we, when we, we used to buy jelly, I don't really buy jelly very often, you know, just because, yeah. I don't know, I just don't use it. And so, but one of the things that we used to use the jellies that I was given was for cocktails. Oh, yeah. So we would Adds take, the sweet yeah, the, you just take viscous. a dollop of it. I would think a tequila with that yes. pineapple pepper jelly and put it, you just like put a tin with ice, put your tequila in, dollop some of that pepper jelly in and then shake the business out of that. Hmm. Maybe a little bit of uh, grapefruit soda on that too. Might have to experiment with I that. I am liking the idea of this. Or like a La Croix pamplemousse. A little pamplemousse would be good. Yes. yes. Pamplemousse. That's fabulous. All right. So my second is just... Um, it's Spring Grove, Minnesota. <laughs> You're sort of in love with this town. I am. If you want to, at the very beginning of the show, I talked about, um, if you're just tuning in, I talked about driving yesterday down to Spring Grove, Minnesota, where there, um, there's a rock filter distillery has just, has recently opened up. They've started selling their beautiful bourbons. It's an organic certified farm that is a farm to glass you know, distillery. They have a beautiful little cocktail room that you just pull up. You know, the garage doors open. There's bar seating, creative cocktails. I had a smoked Bloody Mary too, made with smoked Ooh. bourbon. That was outstanding. Yum. I mean, it. I love a good bloody. I know. And I thought, and I, because we were driving, we did not drink everything, but I mean, my God. But this is the thing. So this little town is the, like, I think they said it was the very first. Uh, Norwegian settlement in the state. Oh, cool. And it is very, very Norwegian. And there are flags, Norway flags everywhere. And they have, um, they had just had Setentin Mai, which is the Norwegian Independence Day. Okay. And they just had this big celebration and it happens all the time in Spring Grove. Um, one of the things that they do in the summer, for 40 years, they have put on a community play in a barn. Oh, how fun. For 40 years. Oh, so, for, oh, for fun. Yeah, I know. So this is the, happening at the end of July. This year, the musical is Annie. They've done The Music Man. They've done, you know, all sorts of things. Um, 
And so this year they're doing Annie in this barn and it's happening on a weekend. And it's, this is my idea of like a great time to go drive down, hang out in a small town. You know, they've got, uh, they've got bars, they've got cafes, they've got cute little things, but it's just kind of a neat little experience. A nice little road trip. Yeah. So I would say if you're thinking about road tripping, mm-hmm. that's Spring Grove, which is just really close to Rochester. So you could go down that there and then pop into Rochester and get a hotel if you wanted to, if you didn't want to drive all the way back. Or there's also, you know, lots of other places down in that driftless area to go see. So go ahead into La Crosse, which is happening right now. Mm. So La Crosse is about to get a distillery. They have a cute little hotel called the Charmant. Yeah. So how far is La Crosse from Spring Grove? 35 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Just right. pop it right over. Yep. Pop it right over. <laughs> Cross the borders. You don't need a passport, people. It's amazing. Sounds like a dance move. I know. Okay. What's your second one? Okay. My second one, I'm going to read this to you because I want to make sure I get the description right. Um, you know, I Kitchen in the Market is located inside the Midtown Global Market and Rabbit Hole is there. And they're one of my favorite restaurants. I don't get there as often as you think I might having it be my neighbor. Right. But I was reminded of how much I love their carrot snacks that's on their uh, menu. Um, We ordered some for after class the other day, and it is uh, tempura carrots tossed in buffalo date sauce with a side of dill shiso ranch. Holy moly. It is so good, you guys. So these are fried carrots. Fried carrots. They're sort of cut, you know, uh, like medall- carrot medallions, like yeah. maybe diagonal. Oh, like chips? Like or chips, yeah, like, like a carrot long chip. chip, long chip. Uh, you know, tempura battered and fried, and then it has this beautiful ranch that's not ranch. It's tossed with that buffalo date sauce, so it has a little heat. Buffalo date? It is amazing. It is like this combination of flavors that I keep forgetting how good it is until I have it again. I'm like, oh. I was vegetarian. This is a thing you could do for your, for. I mean, like you could make a dip like that. For you totally could Memorial buffalo date sauce to go on your wings. Yeah, God, that would be great. I would be down for mm-hmm. that. So anyway, I was reminded of how good they were this week. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, so that's Rabbit Hole. We were talking about yep, Rabbit in Hole. the Midtown Global Market. Correct. How often do you get to snack around that place? Well, I mean, I eat something there every day because yeah. when I'm there for lunch or. You There's know. been some new things opening. There's a new sushi place. New sushi place. And a new And they're doing food. really great. Uh, the In-Town Sushi is the name of the sushi place. I actually love their teriyaki chicken spring rolls, believe it oh. or not. And they're not just sushi. They have like dumplings and rice and, you know, they've got more stuff. Um, I haven't explored their whole sushi menu, but yeah, they're doing good things over there. Awesome. Awesome. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our Memorial Day party outdoor cooking theme. And we're going to talk about cast iron cooking because we have some we have some intel on your cast iron pan needs. All right, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. Um, We are talking about cast iron cooking because I have sort of... You know, thought about there's a lot of open fire cooking happening. It's there's a big trend right now for cooking over your fire pit. Sure. Do you know about this? There's a couple yeah. books that have and been you were talking about last week, too. Yeah. There's a couple books that have been written about it. And um, we are just kind of all in this idea of like, because it's not even so much about campfire cooking. This is about your backyard fire pit. So many mm-hmm. more people have fire pits. So many more people have um you know, sort of access beyond the grill, just beyond, you know, they'd like to sit around and then think about cooking while you're just kind of hanging out in the backyard, Mm -hmm. right? So one of the best things you can do for that is to sock yourself up, set yourself up with a really good cast iron skillet because that sucker is sort of, 
impervious. <laughs> it, is, it is the be all end all in the kitchen for me. I mean, I cook on my cast iron every single day. Do you really? Every single day. And do you did you buy your cast iron like... I mean, I know you have commercial kitchen cast iron, but did you... but my one at home is like a 10-inch lodge, um, and I actually bought it because instead of getting it like from my grandmother or so, because my mom got all of that, so I didn't have it handed down to me yet. Mom. Mom. Um, But yeah, we use it every single day. That's funny. We fry eggs in it. We put... We do everything in it. And so I cook in, you know, in my house, in the kitchen, but then I take it out to the grill all the time. So when you have vegetables that you want to cook... You don't want falling through the grate. Like it's great for mushrooms that are sliced, but you want and you don't want to heat up your kitchen. Yeah, it's a great way to take the cast iron out to the uh, to the grill. Yep, and utilize that as your outdoor stove right. instead of just a grill. Right. I do think, and also it's just uh, you know it's just like so you can. What I like about it is you can take it straight to the flame. Yep. You know. So what we do is we have. You know, I kind of complain about my grill, but nonetheless, I have a pit. You know, I have two pits. I have a pit out in the yard mm-hmm. for burning things, but then we also have sort of what's a called contained pit. Yeah, it's a it's like a, it almost looks like a Weber pit, but it's just a pit. Yeah, you know, and it has a lid on it. But I there's a grill grate in there that I can put on, and so I've been doing because my it's too hot in house. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to light a fire outside and let it kind of smolder down, and then slap the pan on it. And then what I also love is like I was grilling chicken on the uh, over the pit Mm -hmm. and so i was flipping them but they weren't they were getting they weren't getting you know enough they they had a great char on the outside but i was kind of wanting to get a little bit speeded up so i stuck them in the in the pan while i was doing other stuff too yep and it's it conducts more heat that way yeah it's kind of beautiful yeah so there's this uh you know there's a big movement now with cast iron and a lot of uh american manufacturers are popping up sort of artisan cast iron cooking and mm -hmm. things like that um, but there's also this carbon steel is making a big play again. Right. And so the only difference between carbon steel pans, which are used in a lot of commercial kitchens, like your crepe pans are carbon steel and things like that. Um, the only difference between carbon steel and cast iron is that carbon steel has uh, more iron in it, actually. Really? Yes. Interesting. And it, it seems counterintuitive. But yeah. It, that's that's the percentage is greater of iron in cast or carbon steel. And both of those, you have to season them, you know? So if people don't know how to season... So talk about what that means. There's a couple of different methods. My favorite method is to put it into a hot oven, you know? And you can get, you can get the any of these pans, by the way, you can get them pre-seasoned. But if you haven't and you need to season it, uh, put it in a hot oven, like a 400-degree oven for about 30 minutes. Take it out. Uh, rub oil all over it, mm-hmm. like, you know, even on the bottom and the handle and everything, because the whole point of seasoning it with oil and sealing it is that you're creating a nonstick surface and it's, you're going to have to build it up over time, but you're also preventing it from rusting because yes. it is mostly iron. Yes. So uh, that oil prevents the the water from getting in there and, and eroding it. And the beautiful thing about cast iron is you don't, you don't have to wash it. Yeah. Like, I think I go two weeks without washing it out at all yeah because once you get it built up you just swipe a paper towel through it unless you've created something really unless messy, you have obviously. yeah like a mookity muck but you don't wash it with soap you wash it with hot water and if you need to scrub a little bit you know you can do that but it's that's it that's it that's the thing but you have to get it seasoned to get to that point is yes the point. and so you know that, that's a little bit of a process there's plenty of tutorials online you guys can look that up but um 
every time you are done cooking, it's a good idea to sort of swipe another little layer of oil on it just to keep that sheen, the the nonstick properties up. They say they say for routine maintenance. I was just saying, re, uh, looking at this uh, from cooks, and they were saying that you you know scrubbing gently with a soft bristled brush, but avoiding abrasive scrubbers yep. and uh, soap if you can. And then it says to dry the skillet thoroughly over a warm burner. Yes. And so, I mean, there's a lot of times that I do dry it with a towel, but I just set it back on the stove and uh, turn on the burner on low and let all the water and moisture evaporate. Yeah. And that way, you know that it's really dry and it's not clinging to any of the crevices or anything like that. Yeah. And it says if the kitchen is humid or you don't use your skillet very often, apply a very thin oil coating to the surface to prevent Resting. I thought that yeah. was interesting that humidity had that factor. Well, yeah, moisture. I suppose moisture in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it if it feels like it has a tacky residue, you know, it's like it says that uh, the patina is chipped. Scrub with moderately abrasive sponge, but using little soap to none until it feels even to touch. And I would say never use soap. But that's you say just never me. use soap. I, I never use soap on mine. Yeah, I, it's just a hot water and a scrub situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think And again, you just wipe it out at the end. Like, I mean, you cook a, an egg with butter in the morning and then you just just wipe it with a paper towel. Yeah. Done. And sitting on the stove. Yeah. I know. We have um we I will tell you this, you guys. You can pick up a cast iron skillet at true value. This is not yeah. something that is like this high end. I not, mean, the yeah, lodge skillets fancy. are thirty two dollars at true value at the mm-hmm. hardware store. So if you're on your way up to the cabin and you're thinking this might be a good thing to maybe I'll try it this weekend, but I'll go back to the city and find a kitchen store. No, no go to your hardware to store. Hardware store. Yeah. They're fine. There's there's and they camping have stores carry them too. Yeah. Camping stores all over the place. It's so funny. It's become this sort of, you know, high end thing, but really it's just a campfire cooking. Well, and it's been around for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. It, it, why mess with perfection? What I will say is I am curious more about the, these new carbon steel pans that are coming out. Cause we don't use them in our commercial kitchen Except for like crepe pans, like I, I said. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to order one. And Are you going to try? know the next time I'm in how how it does. Have you Compared ha- to cast iron since I cook on that every day. What is the deal with the ceramic pa- pans? Are those supposed to be harder than? You know, I don't remember. I was trying to remember. I remember Elizabeth Reese talked about it one summer about ceramic pans that she loves. I think ceramic pans is that the, the likelihood of breaking it or chipping it is really high. Yeah. Um. So I just prefer something a little more indestructible, like yeah. cast iron. And the the beautiful thing, I think, why carbon steel is coming back uh, more than cast iron, or, you know, this new resurgence, mm-hmm. is because it's lighter weight than cast iron. So if one reason you don't cook with cast iron pans is because it's it heavy. Is so it heavy. is so heavy. It is heavy. Um, if that's one reason you don't cook with it, look into carbon steel and see um, if that's something that you're more interested in. Because it's this, it cooks the same. It, you know, it has the high heat capabilities. It gets the nonstick patina just like cast iron, but it's just lighter weight. Yeah, that's a good idea. So for me, you guys, I took my big cast iron pan out to the fire pit Mm -hmm. and I took the grill grate and we put it out there and there is, um, you know, you just sort of position your logs so that it gives you a basically even surface. And one of the best reasons for using this is for campfire donuts. Have you ever done those? Oh, no, I haven't. Okay. I mean, I've seen them done. I just haven't done it myself. All it is, is uh, you take some basic oil, you bring out your canola oil or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, and fill your pan with, and then set it over the fire. Usually fire, not blazing fire. You want it to be cold, but maybe a little bit of flame. Yeah. And then 
All you need is, well, we used to do it when we were younger. We used to take Bisquick and water from the hose or the lake or wherever you were. <laughs> and you would just make a dough. Lake water dough. Yeah. I mean, we really did. We did it all the time up north. And we would grab, during college, and we would grab Bisquick. And, you know, because you can get that at the true value as well. There you go. And then you would mix it with water and make these little, like, things. And you just throw the dough into the oil. And so, but now, I'm going to tell you something easier is you just bring a pack of those grands, those Pillsbury grands uh, (laughs) biscuits. And you punch a little hole in the middle to make it into a donut shape. Oh, aren't you clever. Holy moly. You just dump it in and then you just pop it in the oil. And then you flip it with a stick, and then you have a bag of sugar and cinnamon. Or you waiting. can use tongs or a spatula if you really want to. I know, but if you're re- yeah, if you are at home, <laughs> but here's the deal: you have donuts, and your house does not smell like fry oil. That's that is perfect. a huge piece it. of this. Yes, fry your fish outside. Fry your, fry your fish for sure outside. Yeah. yeah, anything you want to fry, I'm thinking, get it outside, build it, and do it in your cast iron pan mm-hmm. over out live fire. That's got to be the way to go. Perfect. Yeah. I know. All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. That was sort of our cast iron moment for you. Uh, When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about some drinking aspects of Memorial Day. So we will be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging out today. Um, We are just talking about all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, We just talked about cast iron skillets and how to season them. Someone, a caller had called in and asked about what oil to use in your seasoning process. And yeah. we just say a neutral oil. Neutral oil. I mean, I use olive oil quite a lot just because it's it's right there sitting on my counter. Yeah. Um, but avocado oil, uh, you know, canola oil is fine. I would stay away from any sort of flavored oil. I would stay away from coconut oil, too, because coconut oil does sort of have a coconutty taste every now and it then. Does. It does. Um, so stay away from flavored oil, sesame oil. Don't use those. Yeah. Use something that has a higher heat point and um, neutral. Yeah. I know. I had some hazelnut oil. Sunflower once. oil would be fine. Yeah, sunflower oil is great actually. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not I also have sunflower oil that has like all these herbs and stuff in it. That's well, yeah, weird. not that one. Don't do that. Um, hey, I had a question I was asking you just offline about thinking about we were talking about cooking when for when it's you don't want to cook or mm-hmm. when it's too hot. Yep. And then so a lot of people uh someone had sent a note about cold soups. Like how do you feel about cold soups? And I think about gazpacho, yeah. you know, and those kind of things. But I'm not a huge fan of cold soups, but that's just my personal opinion. But I, I, as I said, I can do a gazpacho every now and then that that I like. Yeah. But I sort of prefer my soups hot, but plenty of people like them. I know. And I, I do think that there's I, there's this cold. So then I was looking up on Food and Wine. They have a cold cucumber soup with yogurt and dill, which just sounds like tzatziki sauce. That's to me. what I was about to say. <laughs> like if it's a cold soup like that, then it sounds like a dip. It does sound like a dip. And that's maybe the problem I have is well, that I'm like, it's an, just, I'm just eating dip. There's an avocado soup that is popular right now. Feels too, like guacamole. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with just eating dip. I'm not, I'm not against that let me just say categorically <laughs> can we say pickled it. <laughs> but i'm just it's sort of interesting this one has cucumbers yogurt lemon juice shallot clove dill parsley leaves tarragon drizzle you know uh, olive oil so then i'm like well, is how is that not a dip yeah and well, then it's, it's blended up and so it's, it's a blended, thinner consistency but it says it still seems like it would be so thick season the soup again it's like blend until smooth season with pepper cover overnight so that t- i just i don't understand how that's not just a dip. I don't understand it. I'm not against it again. And if someone put these in tiny little shot glasses and was like, ooh, it's a cold soup, oh, I yeah. would absolutely shoot sure. that thing. But a bowl. It would I, be strange would, to sit with a bowl and a spoon. I would have a problem with my own And I think self. even with gazpacho, like I'm a, yeah, like a small <laughs> shot glass person of the gazpacho, not a whole bowl of yeah. it. 
I don't, don't mind. Well, so we're a little bit we're a little bit polarizing on the I guess uh, I guess the soup thing. The gazpacho thing too is you know in Spain when you it actually is supposed to have the bread with it, so it's like this right. bread and soup sort of thing, which we don't. And they you put the bread in it sometimes, you and know, it thickens and, it. Yeah, but it's sort of it's a strange, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I like it, but then again, I feel like I'm eating salsa or I'm eating. You know, which again, I have eaten bolognese as if it were chili. So that's just how <laughs> so it rolls. You do you. I know. I guess that's it. In the end, if you make me a cold soup, I'll be happy. Just tell me ahead of time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Just warn me before I put it in my mouth that before it's cold. It's, or just tell me this is soup and not dip. Please feel free to drink this. And I will do that. <laughs> I will absolutely do that. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about drinking uh, which we love. Haven't we already done that today? No, but we're not done. Not actually <laughs> drinking, but we've talked about drinking. No, I want to talk about how Memorial Day drinking and how to stock yourself. We and we, I like to go over this kind of thing because people, you know, we are going to put up the recipe for a bourbon slushie yes, because I and I, I have had a couple people say page. that they want it. Um, yeah, Hope, can you format that from the one page to get it onto the to the uh, Facebook if you can. If not, we can figure it out. Um, but one of the things that people wonder is again with portioning of how much do I buy if I have X amount of people coming over. Do you, especially because you are not a beer focused house very much? We're not. Do you do you buy beer knowing you have like if you have 150 people coming over? We do for you sure. Do. Um because there are gonna be, you know, only beer drinkers. Yeah. And there's gonna be only soda drinkers and there's only gonna be there's gonna be only water drinkers and only wine drinkers. And so yeah. You have to cover the whole thing, huh? We cover the whole thing. Now you can also a brilliant way to do this is to ask your ask your guest to bring. Well, That's I, what you could bring. Everybody someone every time someone says, What can I bring? Yeah. I, my my answer is always why don't you bring some beer? Yeah. Yeah. When we had um, you know, we've always done some Memorial Day parties and in the past we haven't bought the beer. We've asked folks to bring beer and then we would wind up with so much left over that it was ridiculous because we don't drink it right um but we also now have a neighbor that works for summit (laughs) (laughs) so you know that works out well we have a good we have a pretty good food block on the 33rd over there you kind of do you guys and you're in the shadow of uh bull's horn which is always like oh just pop up and their new patio i've been aj and i were the first ones on their new patio (laughs) we christened it for them that's pretty great it was awesome i love that um so as far as the drink goes, let me ask you this. So you're okay. if you're going to make a bourbon slushy, if you're going to make mm-hmm. a big batch cocktail, do you then not put any other cocktail stuff out? Or do you like maybe put, you know, like a couple bottles of vodka and a thing a thing? I don't because then you're getting into this, you know, whole full bar situation it's and tough. then you feel like you've got to have something for everybody. So I would say have one focused cocktail whether whether it's a gin and tonic bar. Right. Or the bourbon slushy or whatever, and just have that be the cocktail. And yep. if people don't want a cocktail, there's wine, there's soda, there's beer, there's water. This Done. is the thing is, I also like, Keep if, it you, simple. if you don't, like the bourbon slushy is, that's a signature move by you. But yep. it's also a very labor intensive thing that you guys have done. And so I feel like if that's something that you're not into, you just are wondering what to do for booze. I would say put out a gin bottle, you know, or do it, do it, do a very base spirit like gin or vodka, which yep. people can embrace in other ways. Cause then if you do like a couple tonics and a, and a couple, neutral. yeah, then they, and if they don't want that, they can definitely take their root beer soda and add whatever they want to that. Of course. Gross. But, um, and I think <laughs> I, w- I did go like, Ooh, I know that was, um, but I think, you know, if you want to do something like, you know, offer a vodka bar or a gin and tonic bar, um, one of the things that you could do that's very simple mm-hmm. and cheap is to make a couple of different simple syrups. And all you got to do 
people and you can even do this in the microwave and you can do this like days ahead yes. it keeps it could have done you could do it today for whatever's coming one part water one part sugar just equal parts yep until the sugar is dissolved you do you this know, in the microwave i never thought about that yeah Duh. if you don't if you don't want to heat up your your stove yeah um and you want to do multiple flavors without having multiple pots out mm-hmm. microwave is a beautiful way to do that and then you can put herbs in it you can put um this would be great for a rhubarb yes and you just let it steep in in the um simple syrup and then strain it when you're ready to use it yep yep and that's it just put them in squeeze bottles or so like one cup sugar little, one cup water two yep. cups sugar two cups water yep. equal parts equal parts heat it up let it steep put that out there i love that idea so yep. you could put like a really nice bottle of gin and then tonics and syrups, and then say, that's that's the gin bar. Yep. That's the gin bar for the day. You don't have to mix it. You don't have to go crazy. Put some nice ice in mm-hmm. a little bucket below it in a cooler. They can get their own ice. You don't have to put yeah, out a bowl. Do, and you maybe maybe cut up some limes or put a cutting board and a knife out there with yeah. whole limes, and people are more than happy to help themselves. And what I have found over and over and over from personal parties and catering, people like to have things to do. They do. And so you know, creating something that allows them some interaction and uh-huh. some control over what they want to try and, and experiment with. Yep. That's always good at a party. I also feel that there's a thing with people who are maybe not comfortable by knowing a ton of people at the party. You know, right. if they are maybe a, a spouse of, of all the other friends, I swear to God, this is always the person who ends up being like, I'm the gin guy. I've got your cocktail. What do you need? You know, they yeah. they kind yeah. of can't have something to own. It gives them a, it gives yeah. them a purpose yeah. and a discussion point. So I like that, too. I like that option. Cool. One more thing about simple syrups is if you're doing a fruit, um, I, I when I was thinking steeping, you know, I was thinking more like herbs and peppers and things like that. But if you're doing a fruit, you can totally blend that up and then strain it. So you're getting that beautiful color. Yeah. And um, more of the fruit flavor, you know, like if you were going to do raspberry simple syrup or something like that. Uh, but you definitely need to strain it. You don't want chunky simple syrup. No, no. It should just That's be gross. a nice, cute, clear. And you can put those in, you know, old beer bottles and, you know, put a little top on it or something. Or, you yeah. know, you, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be in some fancy vessel. It can just you can bottle it. Put and, it in your um, everybody has a coffee creamer or a gravy boat. Yeah. <laughs> Use those. Yeah. Straight up, if you <laughs> color your hair with Clairol, <laughs> oh god, and you have Maybe a squeeze bottle, please don't use those. <laughs> also, by the way, hair supply places. A lot of chefs go there to get the little tiny squeeze those bottles. Squeeze bottles, I'm telling they you, because they are so good. You can find those at like Walgreens. Now you can. I now think back can. in the day you couldn't. No, it's very true. Um, so, so when, you, when you see YC walking into Sally's Beauty Supply, <laughs> <laughs> it's not for beard <laughs> maintenance. Um, so as far as wine goes, let's get to wine. Rosé. Rosé. <laughs> Done. And Does reason- anybody even bother with trying to buy a red and a white anymore? No, just Not pick the rosé. Not for summer. Not for summer. It makes no sense. Do you know that 42% of Americans prefer, I mean, like the red wine is 42% of wine buying. Like it is by it is by far the most, and then everybody else chunks out everything. You and know. I can appreciate that. Yes, but what I will yeah. say <laughs> is that for a summer party, a gathering, yeah, again, keep it simple, right? And a rosé will please red wine drinkers and white wine drinkers for yeah. the most part. I for mean, the most part, for the most part, like it, it is the beautiful neutral ground. Yeah. Get a good one. Get you know, a good like one. Like a Provence, you know, lighter style. Very like, look for salmon colored because that's not going to be so fruit forward that it might turn off uh, some of your dry wine drinkers. Yep. Um, but yeah, rosé is like the perfect compromise. Yeah, I think it's 
I think it is too. And and most people will see it and be happy to have it. I was at the Rose Fest. Was it last weekend or two weekends ago? I don't even remember. I think it was last weekend. Oh my God, I think it was last weekend. It was last weekend. Yeah. And um, it was uh, my favorite dude of the day was the guy who had the brose all I, day. I loved that. I saw that photo. And his buddy was wearing a pink shirt, pink shorts, and pink shoes. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is all Own in. It. This is not too girly. No. They were they were cute. Own it. I was sad I didn't get to go this year. I know. It's usually on a Sunday. Yeah, it was on a Saturday. I can usually make that work. But Saturday we had classes and stuff like that. I couldn't get there. Totally didn't work. Um, there was... Uh, Something else I was going to say. Oh, quickly, just uh, before we take a quick break, I want to let you guys know if you're looking for a good beer, if you're thinking about getting a beer for everybody, think about a Kolsch. Because a Kolsch is, there's a lot of Kolsch out there right now. Uh, Surly just uh, released Heat Slayer Kolsch. Kayak Kolsch is a good one. Inbound, yeah, Kayak Kolsch. But Inbound has Loon Laser Kolsch. And what that is, it's a German beer. It's got a higher hop. It's very light. It's very breezy, almost like a Pilsner, but it has a higher hop quotient. I am not a beer drinker, and I like Kolsch's. Yeah, because it, it's refreshing, but it's more than just water. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a Budweiser. So Col- look for the Kolsch, is what I'm going to say. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up for you and give you all the hot tips of things to do and what to know this Memorial Day weekend. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Everybody, welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us today. I'm Stephanie March. I've been here with Molly Herman all day. Good morning. And if you missed any part of this show, which has been real fun, it has talking fun. about all sorts of stuff, and you're just dialing in, you want some Memorial Day tips and tricks, cast iron cooking ideas, um, all sorts of good intel, you can always find us on the podcast. 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 Uh, we got a little note from Kim Radke that I got to read because she said, loving your show today. We're camping and we're sitting around the campfire last night drinking our rock filter mixed with lemon sour spring grove pop, which is the number one cocktail at their distillery tap room or cocktail room. Uh, talking about the upcoming musical in the barn because two of their campers are in it and they just come from rehearsal. She says, thanks for visiting Southern Minnesota. Love your show. So glad I tuned in from the campground this morning. Have a great day. Lovely. I, I know. And I, and again, I can't tell you enough that it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to gather more intel about the musical that's happening in the barn that has been going on for 40 years in Spring Grove. And I, we're going to plan a road we're gonna, trip. We're doing a road trip. We're we gonna road trip already it. discussed it. It's going to happen. What do you have going on? Uh, we have some exciting, like, summer classes that are going on at Kitchen the Market and one of them is called Cook the Books. It is the series where we are bringing in local chefs and cookbook authors and you get to cook with them and our first one is It's kind of like you... a Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's kind of like an active cookbook club. It is. And yeah. you get to cook with the person that wrote the book. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. <laughs> so, uh it's and we do all hands-on cooking. So our first one is June 20th. It's with Amy Thielen. Yep. Um and it's played around her Girl with Knives book, which was a memoir, mm-hmm. but um she's going to have recipes that she talked about in the book, but the recipes are not in the book. So it's sort of like this sneak peek behind the scenes. Oh, I like that idea. As well as some recipes from an upcoming cookbook. Yeah, I know she's working on another one. Of yes. course, her new her what's it called? The Midwestern Kitchen is her original book. Midwestern Table wasn't Table, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Midwestern yeah. Table, and she had a Food Network show, mm-hmm. and so I think she's just one of the most accomplished. If you see her, um, if you look on her Instagrams and her Facebook page, you want to talk about fire cooking. She has she's doing it all. Well, she has this amazing griddle pan triangle tent set up over her fire that I was so covetous. So covetous. It looks really cool. I know. She's in Latvia right now. 
Okay. Doing some sort of travel piece. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to talk with her when she gets back. But anyway, kitchenandthemarket.com. Uh, our Cook the Book series is on there. Amy Thielen is up first on June 20th. Okay, good. Hey, I want to remind you that the Mill City's Farmer's Market is open today. If you want to pop by and grab some stuff for your weekend. And I think all the farmer's markets are finally open, including yeah. Richfield and Linden Hills and, and Kingfield, Kingfield yep. everybody, they're all open. Um, so let's just talk for a second about the rhubarb situation, because I wanted to say that we did post, um, Hanson had posted this, I think, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and I was tooling through because I was trying to figure out what to do with my rhubarb. But I think I am going to make this uh, rhubarb with orange blossom cake. Like a pound cake Ooh. with rhubarb kind of nestled Are in. Are you using like orange blossom water? Yeah, I think so. Okay, be careful with that. Oh, I know you can't overdo it. Oh, because it gets but I way think too with, floral. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just add it to the rhubarb mix when you're doing like because I think you need to poach the rhubarb with sugar water first. Okay, and that might help it. Yeah, maybe there. Um, but there's some other great rhubarb strawberry. I, I know that strawberry rhubarb is a thing because I know that helps bring the sweetness out. But I. You know what my favorite is? What? Rosemary and rhubarb. Oh. And I, I just like the herbiness with it because it's tart. Yeah. And you're already, I mean, if you're adding, if you're cooking with rhubarb, you're already adding sugar, right? Right. I mean, you're not not adding sugar with right, rhubarb. Right, you have to. Um, so I, I love rosemary rhubarb together. Um, they have, there's a rhubarb ginger bar recipe, which I think looked oh, good too. Good. That would be actually, because yeah. ginger and rosemary to me, I would put ginger and rosemary with that rhubarb. That would be good. Here's, We've actually used uh, rhubarb in a stir fry. Have as you well? Well, yeah. yeah. I, for me, I yeah. like it as almost like a chutney for pork. Yeah. If you're doing like a pork chop on the grill, a little rhubarb and apple chutney is good. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one: rhubarb and rosé Ramos gin fizz. Well, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh my god! I think that is. I mean, that's like all of summer just wrapped into one right thing. There. Right there. They're just going right? to call it the summer bomb. Yeah, it's. Um, I will say it's got London dry gin, lemon juice, lime juice, a rhubarb syrup, and a heavy cream, and then a little bit of rose water and an egg white. You know, and it's that whole thing where you you shake com- it, shake it, yeah, shake it. you shake it, shake it, shake it, and then you to get the foamy, foamy, foamy. Yes, but I like the idea to make the rhubarb syrup. They just cut a pound of rhubarb stalks into one inch pieces, wrap them in cheesecloth, simmer them in uh, simmer for half an hour in two cups water and one cup sugar. So they over, you know, do that so that then and then strain it into a glass container. So that works. Delicious. I know. I'm liking that. Uh, okay, so other things going around town today. If you are or around town this weekend, I don't know if you, a lot of people are hanging out. A lot of people are driving up north as evidenced by my traffic this morning. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a mass to be exodus. Thing. Yeah, there was a lot. I don't know. I know, uh, you know, and I think that's great. I love that idea. There are, um, I do know that Surly Brewing is doing their, like I said, they're launching their Kolsch Heat Slayer today or this weekend. And they're having a big party over at Surly Brewing. And they're calling it Slay Day. And that's tomorrow. Slay, Slay. S L A Y? Slay okay. Day. Okay. Because it's Heat Slayer. Got it. So it's going to be smoky and steamy and crazy out. So you might as well Fun. just go hang out at Surly Nation. I, I guess I'm an indoctrinated Minnesotan now because I. I immediately, immediately thought slay S L E I G H. Oh wow, <laughs> Florida girl now. Florida girl, right, right. Seriously, they're that doing weird. they're doing thirty dollars tickets for unlimited heat slayer, Kolsch, and then they're also having all the brats and German picnic fare and fun stuff you can eat. That's a pretty good deal. If you're not going up north, I would probably. Aim. And you said it was how much? Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. That's a. It's a, a great ticket deal. for all you can yeah. eat and drink. Yeah, I mean that's not bad. Um. There's also, by the way, today, if you're thinking about looking for something to do and you kind of want to be celebratory, but maybe you're not 
cooking, or you know, like you want to not cook. Mm-hmm. Bent Brew Stillery is doing their fourth annual crawfish boil today, and that is going to be happening up in Roseville. And they have they have a for a plate and a pint, a plate of crawfish, a plate of boil, and a pint of beer is fifteen bucks. And they're calling it crawfish, not crayfish. I think it's crawfish. Okay, but I just I've been, are they the, importing it or? I don't think that there's that there's no- distinction. I don't okay. think that, that I don't think there's the rule that is actually about that. No, that's fine. I, you have to import it. I think you, you still can't local fish unless you have a special permit, right? So, and I know, wasn't Smack Shack getting theirs locally for a while? For a while, but I don't think. And then it I think stopped. if you, I mean, like there is definitely a seafood boil moment happening, and yes. you know, uh, well, go to Grand, Grand Catch, Catch. Oh. on Grand. And I know one of our listeners went, and she said she loved it. Um, you know, they're importing. They're in, they're you know. The, the distribution for well, crayfish is, yeah. has opened up. So yep. there's a lot of that. But Ben Distillery is doing, they're also going to have Minnesota Hurricanes, you know, with their own cocktail mix and stuff. So that's a lot of fun. All right, everybody. It's, go. Been, it's been a day. It's been a day. Hopefully you guys are going to keep cool and stay cool and uh, get out there and have a great weekend. Yeah. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Ciao, ciao. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.